What's everybody, man? I'm in here with the prophet, the apostle, Edmunds in the house. I'm going to let him introduce himself, man. But this man of God is gifted. He's speaking um, for us tonight. And I just had to have him on the show, man. I know I'm so glad he got a driver. Thank you, Prophet Fred. We appreciate you. So, anyways, let, let the people know who you are. I'm Apostle DeMonte Edmonds, Destiny for the Nations. Been in ministry a number of years. All types of uh, signs, wonders, miracles, ministry projects. And I'm just excited. Yeah, 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 man. I appreciate you for being here. Man, look, I I follow you, you know, on, on Facebook and social media. Just glad we ran into each other in the airport, man. But because you, so you apostle and prophet. Yes, sir. So let us know. Can you explain to the people those different offices? Definitely, definitely. So I want to look at Paul first. Because Paul said that he's a preacher, a teacher, and an apostle. But he didn't start off as an apostle. Acts chapter 13 said that Antioch there were certain prophets and teachers, and it names them, and he was one of them that was named, so he was either a prophet or teacher, but we know he was a teacher because he said he was a teacher later, and then the Holy Ghost said, separate me from Barnabas and Saul for the work that I going to so he moved into that apostolic office, he always had that teaching, so the prophet is really anointed with revelation, the prophet really moves in the ability to see and hear it in the realm of the spirit, supernatural. Um, it's not somebody picking up the phone and telling somebody business they show up in the church, you know, because that's yeah. happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not the pastor bringing somebody in, they telling them, hey, look out for this person, that person, because they're causing trouble over here. And I want you to say this to this person. It, it's totally supernatural. Right. The revelation that comes forth. It could be information about a person, their life, their destiny, their future, their past. It could be stuff that could bring deliverance to them or healing to them that's supernatural. Or it could even be stuff about a city or community. Sometimes those type of words mm -hmm. come. Whereas the apostle is more concerned about raising up leaders, imparting gifts into leaders, equipping uh, leaders, equipping the body of Christ, and making sure that order uh, flows in a certain way for the government of God. Yeah. So one is more like a manager, and the other is more like a, a person that's coming in as a specialist, a prophet. Man, because I look at it, man, I know we talk about Dr. King, man, that just a prophetic word that he would see him for is, you know, is have a dream. You know, I see one day white people, black people going to be together. Cause I think some people, like you were saying, yeah. you know, sometimes you may say this and it comes to pass or you may pr predict this. But prophetic word, I believe, too, is a word when you preach it and your preaching begins to curate change. How, is, how does that happen with the prophet? What authority gives the prophet to speak? And not be really prophesying, but the prophetic word begins to make things come to come to pass. So sometimes the prophecy comes in the message. Like you said, it is prophetic preaching. I think all prophets should have a dimension of prophetic preaching. Martin Luther King, I think he actually was a prophet. Definitely. But the, the organization he was in, the understanding wasn't there fully at that time. Because he had a vision. Look, you're getting dog-sicked on you. You're getting the water hose on you. You're getting thrown in jail. You have to have something that came from God to yes. stabilize you. So that vision came from God. So I think there are messages that are so God-inspired that it changes people's heart and brings transformation to their thinking in society. Man, yeah, because like, even that last sermon he preached, Mountaintop, man. He's like, I might not get there with you. You know what I'm saying? Like Moses. Dude, he <laughs> pretty much preaches his own death, man. Yeah. I mean, so that man, I, I, you know, I, I, like everybody, I wanted to live a long life, but I ain't, yeah. that, I ain't worried about that now. You know what I'm saying? So he, he understood his day, which was the next day, was coming, man. I mean, to be able to just 
priests that see that and say, you know what, I'm at peace with it because I know God finished with me now. Yeah. Man, I mean. I think what? about the first Martin Luther. Yeah. First, Just yeah. the revelation he got from scripture. <laughs> the just should live by faith. Yes. It sounds basic. Yeah. But back then, that was totally prophetic yes. that it actually changed the, the history of the church, yeah. the history of Europe. It stirred yeah. up schisms, wars, uh, governmental shifts. I mean, it shifted an entire continent from that one revelation that he was able to preach a message of just to live by faith, meaning we don't have to go through a middleman priest. We can go to God directly. Yeah, I ain't telling you. Protestants, protestants, that's what I mean. Yeah, they was protesting <laughs> yeah, the Catholic Church. Exactly. Yeah. Look, we don't need all this, man. We already know we're supposed to just talk to Jesus. He definitely had a revelation, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Man, that's, that's just awesome, man. So I look at the Martin Luther. I look at the Martin Luther Kings. And I look at how King, in, in one of his sermons, I don't know why I'm on King right now, King, in one of his sermons, he began to talk about how the church pretty much had lost its saltiness. Gotcha. Like, if you're not preaching the curate change, you becoming just a social club where you don't want to really say the truth, then what's the point of having the church? Like, in this day and time, how much at risk is the church for not, I think some people think we risk the church when we are salty. Gotcha. But, <laughs> and they, I believe that they feel like because they want to be politically correct, for, for lack of a better term, that that helps preserve the church. But I don't believe that. What do you believe about the church losing its saltiness? I mean, you know, all the different things that go on and we just kind of silent about it. So I think sometimes what happens in the world is a microcosm of the church and vice versa. The U.S. at one time got into a doctrine of isolationism. We're going to be okay within ourselves. We're going to mind our business. And then Nazism came, World War II came, and we changed our doctrine. So what's happened, as long as we had good mm. church services, people ran around, the world was proverbially going to hell. So now we have to get into what's called that seven mountain mandate. Get into those seven mountains of the world because a lot of people have salt. They're just not taking it into the world. That's people supposed to be in the school systems, the government, the, the movie industry. Like people don't know this, but like right now I put a TV script together and we're, we're, we're putting, we're like scripting that out and some big producers are, are pitching it to people. And then I'm speaking to government. So we have to do our church part, but the church should really be the fueling station. Yeah. We come back to get fuel, we get pumped up. But when we go out into the world, we should have that salt, that light to take out into where yeah. the world change. Because Matthew says it. Matthew says the field is the world. When he said, hey, uh, when he said he sowed good seed, he said, Master, didn't you sow good seed? Yeah. Well, why is there tares among the wheat? Yeah. He said, an enemy has done this. And then the people said, well, do you want us to go take up the tares? He said, no, nah, don't take up the tares because you root up the, the wheat harvest. also. Right. Wait to the harvest. And, and the thing about it was, but what I love about it is, the ex, the Jesus exegeted the text itself. He said, the field is the world. You know what I'm saying? The soil is the son of man, and the one that sowed the tares is the wicked one of the devil. Yeah. Right? And so we supposed to be in the world. I think a lot of times we have so many church fights because we think this is the game. No, Sunday <laughs> is when you come in here, you get a word, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever other day, you get a word and you go out into the world and make change because yeah. that's where you're supposed to be out making the change. The world... We're going to be kicking in the gates of hell. And I, I don't think he literally mean go kick in hell because I ain't yeah. trying to go there. Yeah. You know, I ain't I know trying to go right. there. You know, might be close enough already. You feel me? So I don't want to go visit. But the thing about it is kicking in the gates of hell is what you like, the seven mountain, kicking the gates of education, kicking the gates of politics, yeah. kicking the gates of law, kicking the gates of real estate, kicking the gates of entertainment and media. Because yeah. the thing about it is, I mean, what you going to do, man? You married to your wife, right? 
And you talking about, you know, you're trying to make a baby. G's on the main line telling what you want. Come on, man. You need some Holy Ghost feel love yeah. songs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah we, need, we need some kingdom movies. Like, okay, you know, you know, you definitely don't need R. Kelly, you know, but you don't want, you know, G's on the, you don't want no Mahalia Jackson either. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That ain't going to get you. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So God I like, gave a lot of that stuff yeah. that is not church, but God gave so much that's not exactly church, but it's for the world. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So there's things that's been given just for us to live on the earth, technology, sciences. You know, I've seen a lot of supernatural healings, but also I know he gave wisdom and research and science to the doctors. Yeah, exactly. And so God can do it that way as well. It's yeah. times I pray for people and they want me to prophesy a healing. And I said, the Lord said, you need to go to the specialist. The wisdom is there. It's still supernatural. Man, let me tell you something. I preached a sermon so simple one day. And I said, in my sermon, you wouldn't sit up there and go, uh, if you sick, you need to go to the doctor. Yeah. Right? I mean, because some of y'all got no common sense. A lot of y'all say, I don't want to come to Jesus until I get right. But you wouldn't do surgery on yourself, then go to the doctor. I said, <laughs> but some of you all, you need to use your common sense, take your medicine. Wow. One of my members, one of my, I feel like one of my great top tier members, right? Yeah was crying to me. And she was like, my God, I felt like, you know, they told me they could do surgery, but I didn't know and correct it, but I didn't want to go to surgery because I felt like I was going to be telling God. That you didn't trust them. That I didn't trust him. Yeah. I want to say, what in the world wrong with you? But I had to have compassion. I was like, yeah. where are your common sense at? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the thing was, sometimes we get in such a holy place that we miss the common sense of God because God says first the natural, then the spirit. Yeah. And also God said, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but I gave you what? A spirit of power and a what? A sound mind. Yeah. I gave you a sound mind. So use your sound mind sometime because God, right? You said he can heal through medicine. He can heal through that. But I never, when I preach that sermon, prophet, man, I'm thinking, man, I sound like, I feel like, you know, I talk especially like, man, I felt like, man, why am I even preaching this? Yeah. But some of the people came to me, like, I'm so glad you did that because sometimes you got to hear the common sense stuff. And when she cried and said she wasn't going to do that surgery, no, 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 it wasn't, well, it was a surgery, it was an implant that they were going but to get, she, they got an organ. Okay. So they could, I don't want to say what it is. Yeah, got you, we got you. you know, yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> they were bringing her organ, but she didn't want to take it because she felt like she wasn't trusting God. I'm like, do you understand how hard it is sometimes to get on this list? Yeah. You know how long people wait on this sometimes? And sometimes if they waiting and they get sick, they won't give it to them because no. they're like, you might not live, or they, they, weak, they too weak, or they too old, and they can't even get it. But the answer have, to the prayer was that the, she was right. bumped up on the list. Exactly. Yeah. Boom. It's right there. Yeah. But sometimes we miss it because we just try to make over spiritualized stuff when God will do stuff in the natural as well, man. Man. Especially the older generation that came out of certain denominational lines, they were put to shame if they used medicine or went yeah. to the doctor. Yeah. You know, so they have this. They were old school. They have that fear mentality. This Negro know his history. <laughs> that needs to be broken off of them. Look, he broke it down to me in the airport. Because well, I was flying home to visit my mom and family. And then after that, I had to go to Orlando for the, when, when I met up with y'all for TD Jakes. And then when you said, uh, you said, oh man, now I see why you got that community stuff. Atlanta. You, 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 you from Atlanta. You the home of the civil rights movement. That's just in you innately. I'm like, yeah. man, you know what? Because every time I go home, I feel a certain energy like, man, yeah. like I'm supposed to be doing even more. And I feel like I'm going to do more like right here, like when I when yeah. I be going home, man. Like I go to the AU Center. I can just feel that energy, man. 
Like, I guess that's what I'm connected to. But when yeah. you said that, it was like, yeah, you're right. I already knew this stuff. So when I do the CDC, I already had a CDC at Green Forest. So wow. I already knew. When I started talking about I want to do things and change the community, I already came out of, I mean, I'm, I'm, I take it for granted now, but I mean, I work out, be shaking hands with Andrew Young. This is the ambassador. <laughs> but I'm, yeah. I'm, we, tw- we I'm 12, 13, boy. yeah, go ahead. We can only read about them, right. but you can see them and interact right. with them. Yeah. I'm going to pound it up with John Lewis. I run across the finish line. I'm shaking hands with Andrew Young and Joseph Lowry when I'm running the Peachtree Road Race. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, folk who was right there with King. Yeah. You understand? So when you said it's like, yes, dude, it's, it's, it's in your roots. Yeah. That's what you already made to do. And, and when God takes somebody from one geography and puts them somewhere else, it's because what he deposited in them is needed somewhere else. Because you look at Jesus from Nazareth. It said, can anything good from, come from Nazareth? So no matter where he went, somebody that was in a low condition, he came from even a lower place so they could identify with him. Man, you know what you made me think about? When I was coming back, like if it's an apple, you cool, or a banana, you cool. But if you grab a certain fruit from another country that ain't here, they won't let you do it because you mess up the ecosystem. Yeah. <laughs> I think God be planting you in different places to mess up the ecosystem. Exactly. So now it's like, God moved you from Atlanta to bring you here. Everybody, how you only want to do church, church, church. But nah, man, we got to go out here and go on the streets. Like, dude, I would get hate Facebook pages from some of my members <laughs> here because, oh, why you doing this into this basketball? Dude, I'm trying to keep our black men from getting shot. Yeah. Like, the whole city, I'm on the front page, and I'm getting attacked by some of the members. Not now. They gone. Don't worry about it. Y'all good people. All y'all newbies grow members. Y'all are great. You know, you might still be sympathizing somebody who's not, but at the end of the day, you're cool. But the thing about it was, it was, it was, it was different because they just couldn't understand why they came yeah. in there to tell me, "Nah, man, you need to sit in your office. You need to be here. Why? So you can just see where I'm at. What I'm gonna do yeah. in my office? How I'm gonna grow a church from in my <laughs> office? That's what they used to. Right. When yeah. when you need me, I come back here. The city ain't but this big. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> ain't trade no offense, yeah. but it ain't big. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the A everywhere 30 minutes ago. Man, 15 minutes, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Yeah. You understand? <laughs> anyway, man, but it's, 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 it's just, I don't know, man. So I'm going back to this church stuff, and I just look at how the government sometimes try to put their hand in the church, but Ooh. don't want the church to have their hands in, government. in the government. Now, if you're going to really have separation of church and state, then leave me alone. Yeah. I mean, how how do you feel about that? So I think God's original intent, if we look at the Old Testament, the church always had a say in the affairs of the government. Because that's why the prophets was there in the Old Testament. You had three anointed officers, the prophet, priest, and king. Um, The priest totally represented the the, the church. The king represented the government. And then the prophet kind of was the bridge between the two. Yeah, yeah. And he always, the kings always either highly respected or highly hated the prophet. Like you either gonna be in rebellion or you gonna submit to God. So I think God always wanted the, the voice of the church and the body of Christ to be positioned to affect the government. But never do you really see the government supposed to affect the church yeah. because it's a higher government. Exactly. Our government is here in a heavenly realm. Their government is earthly, so we should be speaking right. from a heavenly place down, oh, not them wait. from an earthly place up. But what's happened because of dollars sometimes, the government has, some people, they, they will side with, with the dollars at, whoever can, you, 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 whoever dude, can fat in that pocket. Like when you, <laughs> you, you look at the faith-based initiative, a lot of times it silenced a lot of the black churches. A lot but of them. But it's funny how you look at the 
state-based initiative, how I spell out FBI. You know what I'm saying? I just wondered if, yeah, I just wondered if it was like a hit message to tell you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can have this money, but shut up. And a lot of times the mega churches don't say what we should say because we don't want to say anything that's going to disrupt those funds they gave us to take care of the community. But let me tell you what happened with me here. The superintendent came to me when I was the NAAC president because he needed some things done. He had a great plan together. City didn't want to meet with him. He wanted, so I tried to be a bridge between the two waters. Nobody on city council called me. Now, mind you, I played golf with some of these people. I okay. chilled with some of these people, but they ain't answering because they know what it's about. Yeah. So I ended up writing a letter to them. Nobody answered me but two of the city council people, um, David Jenkins and... Uh, uh, Marcellus B2 Harris, those two only two people that answered me. And so I went ahead and we had the meeting and you know a lot of people agreed on it and then I sent my letter to the city council because I couldn't be there, I had to do something. I was in Chesapeake for the Virginia Baptist State Convention and you know they read it and everybody acting like it was the first time they heard it. Because I'm a former educator so I mean I had everything in line. line yeah. And they were upset. And right when I did that I knew that the city wasn't going to help me send stuff to Africa and Haiti. Like anytime there's any type of disaster, we send it gotcha. to Michigan. Yeah. We send it to Florida. We send it to the Bahamas. We always do it. And the city always took care Supported. of it. And I was really wavering. Like, man, should I say something? Because I'm about to mess this up. And I said, no, I got to stand on principle. And that the, the city usually give us like $8,000 to make sure they didn't give us anything that year. They didn't even answer my letter. Wow. But what God told me was, remember when they were carrying the, the, the Ark of the Covenant was carried yep. by the oxen? And they got, who was touched? Uzziah. Uzziah. Uzziah touched it and he died. Yeah. Well, God said the only reason it happened because they were letting it be carried by the oxen and they weren't carried by the priest because you got to feel the weight. Remember that when God gave it a revelation? Yeah. So, we, so God was like, you don't feel the weight of it. I need you to stop letting the wow. city be your oxen. Wow. I need you to <laughs> carry the weight of the mantle so you can feel me when I shift. And so I, I said, okay, knew I wasn't going to get the money. You usually get $8,000. We got $48,000 a year. Ooh. I ain't even need to ask for money to ship the stuff off for like three or four more disasters. Wow. So the only thing I needed was to bring the stuff in. I ain't even ask for certain money because yeah. it was there. And they're like, why you ain't ask for that? I said, I don't need money for transportation. I just need money to, uh, we just need y'all to bring the stuff. And yeah. the people, because we ain't asked for nothing, they're like, man, you being under, they just started sending money. So we always had, we got reserve even now. So God gave you the overflow. God gave it the overflow. Also show you that he don't want us to look to man. If mm -hmm. we look to him, he right. can surpass. Exactly. Yeah. And I was depending on them all the time because they did it. Yeah. But then I sat there though. I was, in my own faith-based initiative jail cell. <laughs> I ain't wanna, I don't know if I should help you. Cause, cause I'm about to yeah. lose, right? Yeah. But then, and I, I, I look, I even apologize to my church before I made this decision. I said, look, I know y'all don't, I'm just gonna have it. I just was transparent. Yeah. But, and I know God probably was irritated with me, but I hadn't grown into that prophetic apostolic stuff. You know, you walk in all the time. You know, that's probably why you don't have to worry about having no church. He can be free. <laughs> I have to be chained up sometimes. <laughs> I try to walk with God, say. But anyway, but but I had, my, I had put myself in my own jail. Yeah. But then God, when I said, no, I told my church, look, I'm sorry. I made a decision. We probably not going to, I'm probably going to need y'all to help us ship it. Blah, blah, blah. But it all worked out because, boom, people gave them all across the country, man.
And those places were really hit, Haiti, Bahamas, mm -hmm. especially Freeport. Yeah. yeah, they needed People it. People sent so much money, man. We ain't, ain't had to worry about it. Wow. Way more than what I ever had got. From the city, from yeah. The city. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, if y'all want to write another check because you feel bad, you, by all <laughs> means you can. But, I, you know, I had to beg for it because I know God got it. Yeah. But I almost didn't make that decision. Because of? Because I knew the money was coming. And I think that what made them mad, too. They felt like if we always giving you this, when the time comes, you're going to be on our side. But it, ain't ha it don't have nothing to do with size. Because yeah. you're prophetic, you're not going to go with the side. You're going to go with God, God telling you to go. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Now, I've seen some city councils where there were several preachers on the city council. How do you think that is when it's actually somebody that's representing the kingdom in a governmental role, and they got to kind of navigate and work around the, I don't want to say the carnal, the secular and the spiritual? I don't think this dude is spiritual, but they probably need to get some tutor from that dude, Maze. That dude say whatever he want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Point of order. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hey, that dude don't be caring what he say. But I think, man, when I was running for office, and I, I, God had me run. I did not want to run. I'm an introvert, so for me to be wow. going knocking on doors was a stretch. <laughs> dude, I, I was going, I was having panic attacks that night to go to sleep. Cause I, I just... Seriously, like God, why he got me out here? But he stretched me and made me yeah. a better pastor. But what I realized was how much I kept thinking what I should or should not say. Wow. When I'm in the pulpit, people say, man, you crazy. Say what you want to say. No, I say what God tell me to say. Yeah. I don't care how I come out because I ain't, I ain't. I try to say it as best I can, but most of the time I don't care how I come out yeah. because they ain't, they ain't, that's, your that's, that's yeah. his stuff. Yeah. They ain't me. I ain't doing it. I, I get burnt harder because, I mean, if you getting burnt, how much more is the cook that's taking it out of the stove getting burnt? <laughs> yeah. I prepared the plate. If it burning your tongue, it definitely burnt my hand taking yeah. it out of the stove. <laughs> you understand? And so, but it, it showed me how many different things, how many different agendas and the, the Democrats want this, probably want, and, and, and it just, I started, even though I would still say what I needed to say, I could hear your myself filtering yeah. out stuff so much. Yet, I still had to remain true, which is probably one of the main reasons I didn't win. Wow. Because I wasn't, I could not get to the point where I just was going to say whatever I needed to say. I knew what I needed to say in certain rooms. I mean, you yeah. got discernment. We can, <laughs> dude, we, dude, we know what to say and what not to say yeah. because I it's would give say, the sermon yeah. anyway. Yeah. But then we know what we should say. I knew what I could have said to get votes, but I knew what I needed to say because that's what I need to say. Yeah. What I realized when I was knocking on doors, it became a whole bunch of evangelism. I was evangelizing more, more so. than, poly dude, than so, trying to get the Dude, I could have hit. I ain't even hit as many <laughs> doors I could have because I'm, I'm praying for healing for people. Wow. I'm praying, praying white people, black people, Hispanic people. I'm up there having like 30 minute conversations when I need to be having two minute <laughs> conversations. But, yeah, but it numbers. really became an evangel evangelism too. And a lot of people end up, you know, coming to the church, but that wasn't the motivation. Intent. Yeah. Right. But what I'm saying is when you have kingdom people there, if God can give them the wisdom to be able to handle both, because I think I could have balanced both, but my mouth is probably a little more non-political. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. You know, like how the guy that they always think who I am, the Maxwell that came before me that from Ivy okay. Baptist Church, he was able to do both. And I believe he curated a lot of change. Okay. But he probably was made for that a little better than me yeah. to be able to navigate both worlds. I can walk in and out of both worlds, but I don't, I'm already ADHD. I don't want to sit in the meetings all the time. I <laughs> want to go, yep, yeah, yep, I want to go because God sent me. I want to go because I got to be there. Yeah, some I people want, are good with that. They yeah. know how to be prim proper and yeah, just yeah, play yeah, the part. Yeah, yeah. But you said something powerful too that you're an introvert. 
And a lot of times for people that's called to these seven mountains, they are, I'm an introvert, but my assignment makes me have to be extremely extroverted. Yes. But by nature, I love to sit at home, quiet, right. a book, yep. notebook. I got like in my bags, I always got a notebook, a pen, paper, write down thoughts. And I have to pull back and refresh and just be quiet sometimes because I deal with so many people. Yes. But for those mountains, introverts sometimes, they need that extra push because they have something that God put on their heart, like a burden for the school system or a burden for young people or for gangs. And what can we do to encourage them like to step out of that introvert and get into their assignment? Encourage who to get out? Introverts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the main thing is what I realized, you just gotta depend on God. What made me so nervous on the campaign, I, I couldn't say God, God, God. I had yes. been saying Maxwell, <laughs> Maxwell, Maxwell, which made me more nervous. Cause I'm yeah. always nervous yeah. when I'm talking in front of you. That's why I joke and I get myself in line and yeah. the joke will bring me normal. You know, cause yeah. I done broke the crowd down and broke myself down where they laughing out, I don't care. It's, now you're it's, open, it's yeah. my, right. It calms my nerves, but when I'm calling God's name, it's easy because I'm hiding behind his veil. I understand it. Yep. Right. Yep. But when I'm when I was out there saying I had to say Max the Max, it was just more anxiety. Even though I was doing good, it was just more and more anxiety because I'm like, I don't like say, first of all, I don't like saying my name no way, because God is the one that gave me the power. Yeah. And I think that's one thing about policy I just cannot get used to just calling my name. So what am I saying? Introverts. Stop worrying about your introverted personality, when God needs to give you an order to be extroverted, he will. Yeah. Because what I realized is, when I was campaigning, I got to see myself, I will talk to people, I just won't talk to everybody. <laughs> so when I talk to people, God has me talking to select people, because my I am an INTJ, as far as that personality, I'm introverted, yeah. and they said those introverted people are the greatest leaders, because if you don't agree with me, I go into my own self and do it myself, yeah. and then if you come, cool. <laughs> and sometimes they say extroverted, not, not, not extroverted. Sometimes it's harder for them because a lot of times they're always looking for the approval of other people. They are. Because they that's, that's what gives them their energy. Yeah. When you get your energy by yourself, you can commune with God first, hear what he says, then go out. Yeah. But when you're extrovert, sometimes you need to create some introvert in you because you're always trying to go to people first. Yeah. And then you talk, no, nah, I want to talk to God first. I don't want to talk to none of y'all Negroes. No way. So God showed me who I need to talk to because I don't want to talk to everybody. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I believe it centers us more. Plus, it, I'm at the elevator, to me, the, the level of, of shyness or not wanting to talk to people keeps you humble because you yeah. don't care about all the fanfare anyway. Yeah. you rather them not be clapping. you rather be behind the scenes anyway. Yeah. And a lot of people be like, oh, you lying, you lying. I'm yeah. like, man, I know I, myself. What listen, last August, yeah. <laughs> my wife, and the kid's godmother, I was telling them, I'm praying to the Lord, asking for a break. I'm okay, not preaching, not traveling. I really was telling the Lord, I was in South Africa, and I was, before I went there, I was saying, Lord, I want a break. I don't have to be doing this. I'll stay in the kingdom. I'll do something behind the scenes. I'll do something else. But I don't need to, be, I, I've done this so long and done so much. And you know what happened? The Lord began to speed things up and open more doors. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. So, so, because the person that really wants it and wants to be up there. He don't they, want them there. Because their motive is right. right. Exactly. If you're too thirsty, you're too thirsty. Yes. But awesome. so people don't believe me when I said, no, I didn't ask for this. I actually asked the Lord put me on the sidelines. Yes. And he pushed me further. Yes. <laughs> he like, I exalt those who, hum who, who humble themselves, themselves yeah. and I humble those who exalt themselves. So when you really want to give him his glory and you really don't want, yeah, he going to give it to you because he can trust you with it. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to know what. Nope. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. 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 When I can't hear the interview, 
and TDJ said, probably I'm going to be pastor in six months. Somebody had sent my resume <laughs> here. Like, I didn't even know about New Beach Grove or Newport News. God had me preaching some of the most fiery sermons in it for the interview. Dude, I would be sitting outside the church in the car like, man, I don't know if I want to go in there, man, because <laughs> I'm going to piss everybody off. I know, I know. And we had to preach four times and teach four times. Okay. So in my mind, I'm just getting this church ready for somebody else. And I'm like, yeah. man, I ain't even want to go face them because <laughs> I'm out here. I got to preach this sermon that's so fiery, right? And I'm interviewing like, man, they're going to be like, man, I don't want to go take this thing on the eat today. You know what I'm saying? And I don't preach it in there. Like, you know, it, it, they ended up voting for me. But the thing was, if I really was thirsty and wanted it, yep. I definitely would not have preached those sermons. Yeah, and God, right. And the whole yep. time I'm tilling the ground, I said, I'm getting this ready for somebody. Literally, I know I'm getting ready for myself. Wow. I just feel like if I'm getting whoever I'm doing it, I'm doing it for whatever man or woman with God is supposed to pastor this church because I know ain't nobody gonna vote for me after these <laughs> sermons. <laughs> but I did what God gave me. Yeah, and, and then here I am. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I believe that. So if you're an introvert, I believe God. That's that's your how I say your greatest weakness is your greatest greatest strength. Your greatest weakness of not being able to talk to people on your own becomes your greatest strength because then God orders your steps in his word to connect you to who you need to be connected with. Yeah. Because you, one can say a thousand flight, two can say ten thousand flight, but how can two walk together unless they agree? And if you connect yourself to the wrong person. So that's how we got here today. Yeah, crazy. Because we ran into the And airport. I don't talk nobody. Look, he out there. He out there. Look, he he was introverted as a mug that day, though. Look, he didn't talk to Lecrae. I'm up there like, ah. He said, yeah, you right. You got to feel it at the time. But I didn't realize he was an introvert. I'm like, oh, this Negro trying to act like I ain't going to say it. I did. Because I was like, man, Lecrae right there. Like, I'm probably going to never see Lecrae again unless I can get him here to rap or something. That's my favorite gospel rapper. He right there. I can slap him in the back of the head and run, he, he right? Said nothing to him. He wasn't saying nothing to him. I ain't saying nothing to him. Yeah. I just sat there because I'm an introvert. I yeah. want not it for that moment. You know what I'm saying? But see, you know what happened? It was a week before my wife had brought up Lecrae, and I said, if I saw him, I wouldn't even know what he looked like. And so when she saw him, I was like, what's the chances? So I had to run. I felt like it was God's time. Yeah, you got yeah. to, man. You ain't know him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now I see why people don't like me. I don't look for nothing. And I get it. This Negro here, I don't even know the Negro. He get talk, he done took pictures, he done sat down there with dude. I, I'm looking right at him, I'm sitting there. And you know what I'm you know what? I'm just gonna repent. God I'm mad at you. I'm like, nigga, you done already talked to you, you could have took me over there. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. But I ain't even wanna do it. You know what I'm saying? Hey man, let that Negro walk home, man. <laughs> Hey, man, he could walk. He'd be all right, man. He'd get in good shape. He already knew I was going to say he a prophet, right? So he knew he had to walk on. <laughs> he already saw it coming. But no, seriously, though, man, it was, it was, it was, just, it was just amazing. Because, yeah, I, I saw him in the airport. Yep. And I was like, hey, man. And I don't never do that on the spot, ask nobody to, to speak. But I said, no, nah, man, I see the apostle right here, the petty word. He, I got to bring him on, too, because I've been kind of getting my break. Not on Sundays gotcha. or just leaving the church, but Tuesdays, I'm like, I want to get fed. Yeah. So I ain't bringing nobody in here who can't feed me. Amen. So Amen. I don't even care if nobody come to church. I ain't even really like, but I'm going to be advertised because it's really for me. I mean, I want y'all to come, but at the <laughs> end of the day, I don't care if you don't come. That's on you. I really want you to get fed, but I want to get fed. So when I saw you, I was like, oh, man, I know he's going to bring a word. Bless the Lord. Then he, we ended up talking, not gossiping. Talking about the Riddler. <laughs> that's our cold word for, for somebody. And I was saying how the person I felt like was kind of disrespecting me and my church and doing some some things. Yes. 
And I was like, man, I don't want to be good. He said, no, nah, you ain't saying nothing bad. I just said, man, I just don't know what to do. And then he kind of gave me some insight about it. And then that was it. We, you know, we ain't saying nothing else about it. But you, you run into people because sometimes, like how the people was, didn't want to get the implant when they common yeah. sense. And then sometimes we don't have common sense. We'll keep letting people come in because they're a man of God and they in certain offices and we see that they're killing us, yet Ooh. we continue to bring them in. Wow. So if they're killing me, of course they're killing my the people, people. Yeah. but because I met you in a certain place and I elevated you to a certain place, my, 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 spiritual, my spiritualness is fighting against my common sense. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm negating my sound mind knowing you shouldn't be in here because you do something <laughs> every time you come. Every time. Yet I still kept calling you because I respect the office. Well, just because I respect the office, sometimes my discerning spirit got to know he might be good, but he just ain't good here. Yeah. You understand? Know that happens. And yeah. I, I got to protect my people from that. So when we talked, it just it just delivered me, man. Wow. And I kept being in stuff just because I was invited. Because, you know, you know, I was Rudolph. When nobody let me play in any reindeer games when I got here because I was the outsider. <laughs> And Newport News don't yeah. like dealing with outsiders. Yeah. So a lot of my, a lot of my connection, a lot of things happen for me because the city officials, the police, yeah. the sheriffs, the politicians, Ooh. that's who support me. Yeah. A lot of time, my fellow brothers in preaching didn't help me. They be like, "Hey, did you ask so and so for permission to do this ministry? What? <laughs> he the Godfather? Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> now they go talk to Don Coleone, <laughs> Bishop Don Coleone." <laughs> I can't do ministry on this corner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nino it's Brown. Like, it's like that. New though. Jack City. Like <laughs> Certain people feel they're so grandfathered in that they have control over yes. those territories, and they, and they really don't. And, and the, they really and don't. And the funny <laughs> thing is, some people are not even anointed. They just was there so long. That's uh, many of them. It ain't some of them. Many yeah. of them. They just were there so long. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah. You put me in 30 years. Stop. In the same place, I'm gonna be. Cause everybody knows too. you. You just yeah, yeah yeah. You just been in yeah. No anointing, <laughs> just time. Just time, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just time. And what we don't understand is you have to <laughs> be able to navigate yourself through, through tradition because the Holy Spirit is powerful. But one thing the Holy Spirit is not more powerful than is tradition. You got to break that tradition, man. Yeah. And when you continue to let yeah. them do it. Dude, I would have been messed up. Oh, man, I can't do ministry on this corner. Oh, I can't do the basketball tournament because I ain't talked to so-and-so. No, you got to walk in that authority understanding that even though this person is an apostle, they may not be an apostle over me. Yeah. That don't mean you my apostle. Yeah. You understand? Or my bishop. Or, or my, my bishop. Whoever. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So. And then they feel like when you're younger, they can, they can con talk condescending to Tell you as if they have a greater revelation or position. But it doesn't come by your even chronological age, because some people have a greater spiritual age, but chronologically they're younger. Right. So that's why God, God would need to bring you from the outside, from Atlanta, if it wasn't a need here in Newport News. Right. You know, because you have something different. Right. He's not going to bring you from Atlanta to do the same thing that the people that's already here for 30 years been doing. Yeah. So that's why he raises up new voices. Man, wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. It was funny, even when they called me, Preaching the the ministers coming. People said, "Well, he only been here for three, four years. How he get to do that already?" <laughs> but what they, me being here and have the ministers coming has nothing to do with it. Wow! Because people from all over the world preach at the have the ministers conference. Yeah. But because I was here, they act like I was supposed to be here many years before I had the opportunity 
to preach at the hands of the minister's conference, yeah. which makes absolutely no sense <laughs> because your gift makes room for you. Yeah, it's not tenure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They. They. It, it's right. the favor of and God. That's why the churches be so dead because they are they they continue to operate in the natural and not and not the spiritual. Absolutely. Right. You know. So my thing is when I when I used to tell my deacons, I, my favorite one of my favorite movies is Three Hundred, and I used to tell <laughs> my deacons when they said, "Why do we have to listen to you?" And you follow, and we follow you. I said, you you hold me accountable. I said, cause I live and breathe the church all day. This is what I get paid to do, and this is what I do all the time. When I go to sleep, I'm thinking about the church. When I wake up, I'm thinking about the church. You got, I like, I thought about three hundred. I said, hey man, what you do? He like, I'm a dentist. <clears throat> three hundred. Hey, what you do? Hey, I'm a doctor. Cause the dude kept saying, I got two thousand soldiers. And Lee and I said, I still brought more soldiers. You said, how you got more soldiers? I got 2,000 men. You ain't yeah. got but 300. He said, no, I brought more soldiers. You mean, what you do? Everybody kept naming yep. all this stuff. He said, Spartans, what did we do? Ah, Everybody <laughs> said it because that's what they do full, full time. time. Yep. And what they got to understand, the bishop, the apostle, the pastor, that's what we do all the time. And for you to bring your worldly, secular-minded self in <laughs> there to act like you're supposed to make these decisions, yeah. and, and it, it makes no sense. Yep. Because if I'm prayed up about it, see, this is the thing. They think you're supposed to sit there and pray in the prayer meeting and pray about what you're supposed to do right then. No, you prayed up already. Yeah. Jesus never prayed before he did a miracle except one time. That's when he healed Lazarus. They, but he healed Lazarus. He said uh, he prayed. Why? Because he really didn't want to heal Lazarus. Because he knew Lazarus was in heaven. That was his friend. Man, I know Lazarus going to cuss me out <laughs> when I call him out this grave. Because he's walking on the streets of gold right now. He prayed. He said, God, I do this for your glory. Because he said, I ain't doing it for me. I'm doing it for you. Yeah. So you can prove, so I can prove who you are. He called him out. Boom. He cried because he didn't want to bring him back. Anytime Jesus did a miracle, he just did it. But the funny thing about it is when Jesus did all these miracles, the apostles never asked him how he did the miracles. They said, teach us how to pray. Because yeah. they seen him in prayer. And they knew when he reacted by the time you get to a situation, it's too He's late to pray up. about yep. it. There we go. If you ain't been yep. prayed, prayed up, up. already, nope. it's done. Nope. Yep. <laughs> so when I'm in the church conference and something happened, I say, no, we're going to do this. You think I'm supposed to pray right then? No, I was nope. already prayed up before I got here. If I got to pray right now, it's done. Yep. If Nehemiah prayed when 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 Xerxes, yeah, yeah uh -huh. when Xerxes came into the, the office, he would have been messed up. That's why he knew, let me go in here and look like something wrong with me so I can make Xerxes <laughs> say something to me because I'm the cupbearer. So I, he would pray it up and he looked down and see, you all right? Yep. You all right? Because you my cupbearer. Now, hold on. Did I eat something? Did I drink something that you drank? Because you look like something wrong. Because he wasn't worried about Nehemiah. He, he was worried about himself. Yeah. But God had given him the strategy because he knew I can't go talk to him right away. I need to be so prayed up. God gave him a strategy to yep. talk to him. <laughs> oh, Lord. I look like I'm because, oh, Lord, we sick. Because if you sick, I'm sick. <laughs> you understand? And so God had give you strategies, but he already laid it out. He had already been praying for 21 days before he even went and worked that day. Yeah. Yeah. That's but true. then you want to sit up there and ask me in the middle of a church meeting. Oh, you ain't prayed about it. I already prayed about it. And this is the answer God gave me right now in this moment. Because I prayed before I got here. I've been praying for this moment before I got to this moment. Yep. And I believe that's why you got to have the bishops, the apostles, the pastors, the prophets on the outside walking in, kicking in the gates of hell, making sure we teach our people who are doctors, who are lawyers, who are doing movies yeah. to make sure that they know that they are salt because salt is everywhere. Yes. 
Salt is on your face. Salt is on your shoe. Salt is on Salt that it. wall. We're supposed to be everywhere, yeah. changing the flavor of stuff that needs to be changed and preserving the flavor of things that don't need to be changed. Wow, that's good. He said a lot right there. I know, right? Yeah. To have a moment. No, that's true. And, you know, so our ministry has a lot of miracles. And I've had young preachers ask me about, what do you do in preparation before service? And I say, I always lay down and go to sleep. And they think I'm like trying to hide some secrets or something for them. Yeah. Because I said, if you have to wait till the last minute and get prayed up, yeah. it's not going to happen for you. By that point, I'm just trying to rest my body so that the power that's already there for when I prayed before can flow through me. Oh, man. You, you free me That's up. literally what I tell people. I always, especially traveling, I always lay down. Because if I have to bag the Lord at the last minute, I'm not in faith anyway. Dude, I try to force, <laughs> and I try to force myself to read at the last minute. And I, and I, and I, and it's crazy. It feels for us. Yeah, I be yeah. trying, but I'm already done. And the fun thing about it is anytime I get ready for a church conference, not, not as much as I used to, I used to always get real sleepy right before I'm like, man, God, I want to sleep because God had to rest me up to go to that battle to deal with all yep. the traditional things. <laughs> if I would have, we should have had this interview and maybe God redeemed the time. Maybe that's why I was comfortable to go to sleep because God already saw this moment right here before I even got me. Y'all better watch out because you know God is circling time, man. Man, I got a revelation, man. I done went on the timeline. I went back. Go to sleep, Negro. I, I went back to, to 2011. <laughs> go on and go to sleep. Don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. Yeah. Man, yep. that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. You just go to sleep, man. What time is it? All right, let's get ready to go, man. Go ahead. Man, lead them with a word. No matter what, it don't have to be a word from what we're talking about, man, because we got to get ready to get you ready to go up and, and, yes, and, and talk good. to the people. So I just want to pray for the people. I just feel like some people, as we talked about being sought, going out into their different mountains, I just feel like some people have fear. Like I, yeah. They feel like they're not apostle, they're not a prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor, but you are a believer. Mm -hmm. And it says these signs will follow those that believe. But something can't follow you unless you're moving. Reverend. And so we're waiting on God to like an angel or something to come. It, it's not, you got to get the, you got to get the moving. You got to get the working. You got to put your hand to the plow. Maybe you want to do something in the school system and you don't have the faith. Start with one kid that's the next door neighbor. You know what I'm saying? Get them 30 minutes. Pray with them. And then their friends might. You just never know. You got to start somewhere. Get God something to work with. That's really what I feel. Lord says signs will follow those that believe. You believe which means you're going to take some type of action. You don't believe if you're not going to take action. So when you believe, you start to move, and then God proves himself. You move some more. He proves himself some more. You move some more, and then your confidence kicks in. That's crazy. Once your confidence kicks in, now fear is kicked out, and now the next thing that happens after your confidence comes, your God identity comes. Wow. You don't know your God identity until you step out just like Jesus did and begin to work that word and allow that word to work for you. So that's why I want to encourage somebody to step out in faith and let God prove himself, give you some confidence. And as you move forward, you will find also, he will kind of fine tune how you're supposed to flow in each mountain or the mountain that you're called to. He will adjust it, he'll fine tune it, he'll recalibrate it, and you'll just have testimonies and, and accounts for joy. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, you heard it, Green the Smoke, the apostle, prophet has spoken, he's about to come give us a word now. And hey, you, you, you need to receive that. Faith without works is dead. Faith without corresponding action is dead. Faith also means fully persuaded. When you're fully persuaded by what you heard God say, you will have some corresponding action. So listen to the apostle. Listen to the prophet. He just spoke into your life. Go out and be bold. Take a small step. Then take the next step. Hey, everybody. How you doing? This book is a book I believe everyone should buy. Not just because I wrote it, but because this book was birthed out of pain. 
and you learn so much during those painful moments. This is called leadership growth, the power and the pain. You can't have the power unless you've been through the pain. Bishop Morton wrote the foreword. It's been endorsed as well by our former governor, uh, Terry McAuliffe, and by our Newport News Sheriff, Sheriff Gabriel Morgan. I promise you this book will bless you. Please get it, not just for me, but to bless you. Go to willamaxwell.org or click on the links below, and I promise you this book will bless you. If you don't just buy it for yourself, buy it for someone else. It's a short read, but it's a powerful read. I've been getting testimonies all across the country, and I promise you it will bless your life.